Hey, what's going on? It's Tampa Mystic out here in ATL. The Hype 87.3, what's going on with you? Nothing much, you know. I'm on my way home, you know. I just got off work a little bit ago, coaching and everything. So, yeah. normal. The grind is real. I love it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, always. That is so dope. Well, listen, I had already made uh, somewhat of an introduction, you know, let everybody a little bit of know about we got Tay Nicks checking in, you know, out of Illinois, man. But I want you to give us that official, official introduction. Introduce yourself to everybody. Yo, 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 it's your boy Tay Nicks uh, from Illinois, you know, uh, suburban area outside of Chicago. Um, I'm having a great opportunity here with Tampa Mystic and you know it's I, it's just such a blessing you know to have this opportunity with you and uh you know just keep on trying to blossom in my music journey so you know I just thank for thankful for all the supporters and uh just being able to have this conversation with you Man, absolutely. And I appreciate you, you know, um, you know, one of the things that I had said to you before, and I just said it a moment ago before I brought you on air is how professional you are. And, you know, I believe in letting people know that it's oftentimes people always share the bad stuff, but they don't share the good stuff. And you're just a dope artist, man. You have great music. You're very professional. Um, you're humble. So, you know, I love all those aspects, you know, and all those qualities about you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You know, I always tell people it's all about your presentation in life and, you know, how you want to change people's lives for the better. And I'm all about that. You know, I always want to help other people. Um, I always want to see other people grow. And I'm not a selfish individual. You know, I always want to give people their flowers and give people their credit when it's due. And, you know, I strive to be a better version for myself. And, you know, I want to help others be able to do the same if I can. Um, and just be a mentor and guide others to, you know, just go down the right path and make the right decisions for themselves. Yes, absolutely. And you're absolutely doing that. It's like when working with artists like yourself, it's almost like that breath of fresh air. It's what keeps me invigorated. It's what keeps me motivated because, you know, there are some out there that I don't really so much enjoy working with but when i you know get to work with the artists like yourself it, it reminds me of why i'm doing this so i just wanted to you know take a moment to give you your flowers and just let people know how dope you are oh thank you i appreciate it you know i'm glad i was able to make the whole process easy for you um that's always been my intent with anybody that i work with and you know i'm still new to the game and i'm still learning as i go and um you know, like I said, I'm very appreciative and grateful to even have this conversation with you and to just, you know, just be here and, uh, you know, keep on forward in my uh, music journey. Absolutely. Well, you're doing a phenomenal job, so keep keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You're welcome. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, before music. Did you grow up in Zion, Illinois? Yes, that is originally where I'm from. Um, I actually live in Wisconsin. It's funny because I work almost like an hour away in Lincolnshire, Illinois. Um, so, you know, I do a little bit of traveling on a day-to-day -day basis, but, you know, I don't mind it. And, you know, it gives me time to, you know, debrief myself and to, you know, and to also wake up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. Sometimes the struggle be real in the morning time trying to get up and get going if you had a late night the night before. And oftentimes as an artist that happens, you know, late night studios, sessions or late night shows or whatever, you know, you may be doing as a music artist. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's crazy because, you know, I haven't been in the studio in a long time just due to my job and everything else. But um, the funny thing is, is that I have so many songs 
that I just haven't even put out yet. I have three that's out right now, but I have so many more that I'm just, you know, keeping in the vault because I'm one of those perfectionist type of individuals. And, you know, the more I do this, the better I want to be, the better I want to sound, the uh, more detail I wanted to get into things and, you know, just be my best version of myself and kind of take my time with the whole process. Yes, absolutely. So about what age did you discover that you could sing? Oh, man. Uh, honestly, I, to be honest, I was never in my right mind to think I was going to be an R&B artist, let alone <laughs> a singer. Uh, it's kind of remarkable with it because I was always an athlete. <laughs> okay. I was, you know, I was a four-sport athlete. I did football, basketball, track, did boxing on the side. And um, honestly, singing was an accident. Um, it started off as a bet in high school, freshman year. And, uh, you know, I went into my um, choir class, you know, as a joke or a bet with one of my friends. <laughs> and uh, after that day of leaving out, my choir teacher she was like uh i hope you're uh coming back and planning on putting my uh class on your schedule and i'm like uh no that was not intended at all and uh honestly that following week she put me on there anyway um but the crazy thing is i never sung again after that i never i never liked my voice i always hated my voice um and it's crazy because fast forward to my first year in college uh, i took an elective um, and I took a class called Class Voice, and I figured it would be low-key. Not a lot of people would know about it. You know, it was just one of those easy A type of things. Yeah. And uh, the teacher suckered me into singing in front of the whole college. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm thinking I'm coming in for a final exam, and no, here I am performing, you know, four or five songs that we didn't, you know, practice over the course. And, you know, I'm singing in front of thousands of people. And I'm just like, I can't believe I just did that. Wow. And, you know, even then, I still didn't like my voice. You know, because I look at it as I've always been a sports guy. And I've always been known as being good in the things that I've done. Yes. You know, the things that I've been doing all my life. You know, I've been playing football since I was six years old, basketball and everything else for so long. And singing is like one of those things that can be easily critiqued. Yes. Or, you know, everybody's ear is different. So everybody is like, oh, he can't sing or, oh, he can sing or he's a studio singer. Or, he might just sound good in a studio, but not in person, you know, that type of thing. And so I think about stuff like that, especially when I'm like in unfamiliar territory, such as singing. Um, so it took some time for me to uh, really find my voice, figure it out, figure out how to hit each level and, you know, different pitches, tones. And, you know, I started off as a baritone, then I ended up being a tenor, um, you know, and I didn't start singing until really singing and making songs until I think, well, three years now, three years ago. Wow. Um, and honestly, my, uh, my family is the ones that pushed me. Um, I went to um, a studio session with two of my relatives and uh, um, one of my cousins, Kale, he was making the songs, and his sister, she sings and raps, um, both very good. And, uh, you know, we came out to listen for it, and I was, like, humming the song and kind of, like, just singing by myself, kind of in the corner, like. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my cousin, wow, she was like, cuz, you can sing? And I was like, <laughs> uh, 
a little bit, but not for real. I, you know, I'm just kind of just trying to listen to it to put my own flavor to it just because. And she was like, maybe you should do your own song. So I went home and I thought about it. I was like, no, nah, I don't think, no, nah, I can't be no singer, you know. And then, boom, I was like, you know what, well, why not? So I came up with like my first five songs and Showtime was the first one. And it kind of just went from there. Man, let me tell you, it is such a dope, dope record. If I heard this song and didn't have ever have a conversation with you, I would think that you had, you know, tons of vocal training. Um, it's something that you have been doing all your life because, you know, just listening to it and me being a music head, I think you hit it from every single aspect. It's a great record. Showtime is a great record, and we're going to check it out a little bit, you know, later in, in our conversation, man. Like, wow, I, I'm so glad you shared that backstory. Yeah, I mean, I, I still shock myself um, sometimes, you know, so I really appreciate that. And honestly, the, the weird, or not weird, but, you know, out of the ordinary, you know, uh, experiences that I have with singing is that, like, I hear other singers, so, like, my favorite singers are, like, Usher, uh, Chris Brown, yeah. Eric Bellinger. I listen to Eric Bellinger, like, all the time. He actually commented on one of my, uh, uh, on, actually, on Showtime. He told me to send send him uh, some of my music, so I sent him so Showtime, and he actually promoted it a little bit on um, his IG page. Wow, and that's amazing. I was, yeah, I was pretty shocked by that i was not expecting that at all and you know i listen to different types of singers and i'm like man i need to learn how to do more runs in my songs there learn how to put more layers in my songs and stuff like that so i'm always analyzing you know everybody's their own worst critic but like for me i'm one of those people like man i don't know i think i should do a little bit better with this a little bit better with that you know and i'm constantly singing on my own but you know i get um, into places like one time I sung in the middle of Qdoba and somebody like recognized me and it was like wait you sing right and I was like uh yeah and it was like hey Nick right I was like yeah wow, and it was like sing something right here and I'm like I'm like oh like right now and like you want me to sing right now I'm like, <laughs> like, like it's yep. a line here like everybody wanna get their food like, and, you know, it was funny because the rest of the line was just more or less like, no, we want to hear this. We want to see. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, you know, I yeah, think that no, is I so dope. Thing. Yeah, because being a singer, I think that people will appreciate that more on the spot versus, like, if you're a rapper and someone starts freestyling in the food line, people are like, yeah, 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 whatever. You know what I'm saying? But when you can really sing – everybody's yeah. going to tune in because I think R&B is kind of a universal genre. Like I think everybody out there, you know, most people can vibe with R&B because it can kind of tie in with other genres like, you know, gospel music and country singers. Like it just kind of ties in with these other genres out there. So, you know, you probably get people from all walks of life, you know, all nationalities, all ages, etc., who are going to be a fan of Tay Nix. Yeah, I would hope 
so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you will. You will. You will. You got to keep singing in them food lines, keeping people, <laughs> keeping people, you know, at, shoot your shot. Absolutely. So I did hear you say you played four different sports, and that's so dope. I'm a big advocate of kids being involved in sports or something, you know, academic, you know, in their younger years. How did you playing sports help you, you know, just turning into adulthood? Because, you know, I know that you got to have that punctuality and it keeps you in shape. How did it personally help you being an athlete? Um, a lot of it is the discipline and the mindset. Um, and I think that's what kind of like pushed me to be an artist as well, too, because I'm one of those people that like once I set my mind on something, there it's really hard to take me off of it. Um, and I'm all about being a man of my word, you know. So if I'm saying I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it yes. to my best ability. Yes. And I'm one of those people. I stay true to whatever I'm trying to do. I try my best not to get sidetracked with that. Um, and it's all about like even with being an artist, it's like okay, this is the persona that I want to give um, to people, you know, because I see a lot of artists where. You know, they have a different persona, but then their personality is off from it, you know? And so, like, even being an R&B artist, um, the vibe that I want to give is that, like, I'm not too big. I don't look at myself being too big, and I don't want people to feel like I'm too big to talk to them or too big to intertwine with people and have conversations and stuff like that yeah. because yeah. I love people in general. You know, I'm a very non-judgmental individual I like people as they come, and, you know, I adapt to everything that I have uh, coming up against me and that's with me in life, you know. That just kind of always been my mindset, you know. I accept things for what they are, and I just roll with the punches, and I kind of just go with it. And so, you know, my sports has been a big thing, and that's part of the reason why, like, I'm a coach now, you know. Being on the other side of things is giving me a total different perspective, uh, I love giving more information and more knowledge to other people that I didn't get to have at a younger age or, you know, around the age that I have now. So I'm all about giving back and giving more. And I've always had that mindset of, you know, I want people to do better than me. You know, I tell my kids all the time, I want my kids to always be better than me in, in every aspect of life, in every part of the sport that they do. And I don't even have kids. These are my school kids yeah. that I you know, work with and whatnot. So I treat them as if they are mine. But, you know, at the end of the day, I just want the best for them and I want them to reach their full potential. Absolutely. And them kids are blessed to have you because, you know, oftentimes, you know, whether it be coaches or teachers or people in that position, they don't even necessarily want to be there. Like I see a lot of these videos and it's because the kids are acting crazy and, you know, the teachers don't really want to be there. Like this is a passion for you. You played sports, you know, through your, you know, you're still young now, but in your, you know, your youth, your younger years, and uh, you're still continuing to do something with that along with pursuing your music. Um, what are What are you coaching right now? So I coach uh, varsity football and I coach varsity track as well. That is so dope. That's dope. My son played foot varsity football and he ran varsity track. Okay, that's dope. I was at every track meet, every football game. <laughs> I was one of those moms. 
that's awesome. That's awesome. Yes. You know, it, it, it gives them great discipline and uh, it gives them something to work for. You know, I feel like when you have something to work for, you know, and to be disciplined, it, it carries over into regular life itself, you know, so they'll be definitely be prepared. And I think right now the big message that I'm trying to get to my kids is how to deal with adversity. Yes. And uh, especially when you're dealing with kids that some of them are used to a lot of things given to them growing up. So it's a little bit harder to um, help them in those form of fashion because it's kind of foreign to them. You know, it's kind of foreign to, you know, coach kids on how to deal with adversity because they never seen it before or they just never really experienced it. So I think that has been my main goal right now is, helping them be able to just go through adversity because when life hits you, when you out of sports, what are you going to do? You're going right. to fold? You know, you're going to cry to your mom or your dad? Your mom and dad can't help you. You're going to be right. out on your own. You know what I mean? So it's just like you got to be able to understand what you got to do, what you got to execute, and then just go from there and just follow your gut instincts and be smart. So mm. it's, that's what I'm looking for. It sounds like you are absolutely amazing at what you do. And, again, those kids are absolutely blessed to have you. And, you know, being that you're still young yourself, they probably can really relate to you as well. Yeah, yeah. The rapport is definitely different uh, <laughs> uh, with me versus the other coaches because the other coaches are way, Yeah, you know, yeah, they're like somebody's granddad. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's, it's definitely different, definitely different personalities. You know, I – able to I'm able to be able to relate to them because I'm still freshly you know retired from being an athlete myself so you know there were I have a lot of situations where I can relate to them and I see their point of view and you know I'm able to easily you know reel them back in when they get further off you know absolutely that is amazing so when was it or what was that turning point for you to say, you know what, because I know you said earlier on it was a bet that you got into choir and it wasn't something you ever really thought that you would do. When did you decide, you know what, I think this is something I want to pursue? Like what was that turning point for you? Uh, to be honest, is when I stepped into the studio Okay. for the first time. Uh, it was a different type of feeling. It was it was similar to being on a football field in a game underneath the lights. It was different from, you know, it's a performance in a sense, but it was a different type of feeling. And the first time I left the studio, I'm like, man, I had a lot of fun. You know, I can be creative because I like to paint and draw as well, too. You know, I've been, I've been an artist in that area as well, too. But, like, it's a different type of vibe. It's a different type of feeling in life listening to instrumentals and stuff like that in different beats and you kind of just vibe with the music and then the aha moment of you know what subjects you want to talk about and see how I come up with my subjects is more so based on my experience of what I've dealt with in my past already or something that I might be going through um, in that current situation yes you know because I really want to make my music relatable and I also want to give that old school 90s, 80s feeling as well, too, and have a mixture of both, having a new school but an old school vibe as well, too. So it's a lot of stuff that goes in it, um, but it's definitely a process. You know, I just hate when I have, um, what is it, uh, a, a brain freeze or, like, writer's block 
Yes. You know, that's when I kind of revert back to, like, my team. Like, I got, you know, uh, my god brother, Mr. Brett Bridges, my god sister, um, Tiffany Hendricks, and then my other cousin, um, Lachanette. They're all artists as well, too. And so they sometimes help me out with my songs, you know. Um, like, I'll be like, man, I got the chorus to this, but I need a line to start me off. Or I need, like, one or two lines, to, you know, of ideas of how I can relay this message you know, or whatever the case may be, it's my team. Yes. It's not just me. I, You know, I got a team with this whole process, and I love it because without them, I, I really feel like I don't know where I would be without them. They are everything to me. You know, and anytime we talk and anytime I have, like, an interview or something, I always make sure I incorporate them in it as well, too, because, you know, there is no techniques without my team. I'm a team first person. I'm always going to give credit where it's due. And, you know, yes, I do a lot by myself, but I also have my team in my corner. And, you know, without them, I really don't know where I would be, to be honest with you. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%, and, and I'm the same way. I tell my business partner and, you know, people that are a part of my team all the time, there would not be a Tampa Mystic without them because they're the ones that kind of keep me motivated and keep me rolling and keep me inspired. And it sounds like, you know, your team is absolutely doing the same thing for you. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, like I said, they're artists as well, too. I mean, Mr. Brad Bridges, he can sing his tail off. <laughs> you know, he, you know, he, he kind of remind me of everybody would, like thinks of him as like uh, Ruben Sutter. Okay, dope. That's yeah, that type of that type of voice, you know, um, that type of soul. He can really make you hit everything, and you know, he can kind of tell when I'm practicing with him. He can kind of tell, you know, when I'm lagging on a note or something like that. You know, whenever I go to the studio, I gotta at least have him on the phone. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, you know, my cousin Lash, you know, she sometimes comes to the studio with me, and she pushes me. She's like in there, like, no, hit that note again, or no, you got to have more of a presence when you're in the studio. She has a studio presence, and she has amazing songs herself as well, too. And then I have, you know, my backbone, Tiffany Hendricks. She helps me with my vocals. She helped me get the message off with how I need this vocals to come off, how, how um, what message I'm trying to send with each note that I hit and, you know, giving more energy to this and being laid back on this one and, you know, be more powerful and you know i have the critiques in all levels with these three individuals and so you know without them like i said without them I, man it's i don't think showtime will be here i don't think island breeze will be here i don't think more than friends will be here and so on and so forth you know so it's just you know i'm just very blessed in all ways you know and like i said i'm blessed with just being on this call so yeah, absolutely, and I love the fact that they give you genuine, genuine feedback and critique. You know, a lot of times people that are close to you, they may not keep it all the way G with you, you know, but it sounds like they're keeping it because they, they want to see you win. They want to see you put out the best music possible, and it's good that you can take that constructive criticism as well. Mm -hmm. So I, love it. I mean, I, yeah, for sure. I mean, I just really feel like, if you can't take criticism, how can you grow? Nah, for real. Right? Especially as a music and, artist. <laughs> yeah, and I just think about it. I mean, even in life, you know, some people, they, their egos are too big, and sometimes it's okay to have a big ego, but other times you got to be, be able to be at a level to accept criticism 
because nothing is going to be perfect. You know, a lot of it is trial and error. You spend a lot of time in the studio, a lot of repeats, a lot of layers, and a lot of do-overs and stuff. And so you need that to see what what are you really trying to accomplish, yes. you know? And so I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, getting better. I love trying to get better at something. And if I'm going to do anything, I want to be the very best I can possibly be at it. And so, you know, criticism is definitely needed. Yes, it absolutely is. And, and I like what you said earlier that you really strive to make relatable music. And I think as an R&B artist, you know, just that type of love music is just relatable as is, but you're even taking it to the next level and making it very personal as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I, I, I'm especially with Showtime when I made that video as well, too. Um, <laughs> I was way out of my comfort zone. Because, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I'm a very private individual as well, too. But, you know, you know, like like my team, I always tell me, they're like, look, listen, the bigger you get, the more out of your comfort zone you're going to be. And you kind of just have to go with it. And I'm just like, yeah, you're right. So it's like, you know, I got less camera shy. I got, you know, less hesitant and, you know, you know, kind of just roll with the punches and kind of just went with it as well, too. But, you know, it's a it's a everyday battle that I go with. And, I you know, I'm just very motivated to just keep going and keep on putting out more music as well, too. Absolutely. So, you know, you've been doing music, you know, for a while now. What are you enjoying the most about being a music artist? I would say the process, I think. You know, because even now, even to this day, when my music come on Spotify or Apple Music or anything like that, I I, I kind of just sit there and I'm like, wow, that's that's really me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, like, that's that's really me singing the song, and it's like it still get it still has that unbelievable feeling that I was like, man, I was really in the studio making this song. Like I remember this process of going through this, going back and forth for myself. And it's crazy because I at least take two to three weeks of rehearsing the song before I even get in the studio. Yes. So when I get in the studio, I already know how it's supposed to sound. I already know, like, the order it's supposed to be in. You know how a lot of people do punch-ins and stuff like that. It got to the point to where I can literally sing the whole song in one take. Wow. And it would be what I needed to be. Man. Now, do I go back and try to correct certain things because I'm a critique? Absolutely. All yeah. the time. But because I rehearsed it so much before I even, you know, put myself in the studio, I just, I can do it in one shot and be totally done. But that's how, like, I'm able to get more than one song done in one session. Yes. When I did my first session, I finished four songs. Wow. You working. And that was in like, yeah, and that was in like maybe an hour and a half. Oh, wow. Hours and, you know, and I, and I paid for a four-hour session. So I'm knocking out four songs in a matter of close to two hours just because I'm already prepared. I don't like going into a situation where I'm just not prepared. I always got to be prepared because if I go into a studio and I'm like trying to punch stuff in and trying to memorize stuff, I'm like, oh, this is a Bible. Then I get frustrated. I'm like, man, I don't even want to do it no more. <laughs> right. So 
you know, that's kind of just how I operate, really. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know what, though? That is what's going to separate you from a lot of other artists because you go into the studio extremely prepared. And to be honest with you, I've been working in studios, you know, different ones for about 12 years now, and I've sat in on sessions, and I work with a lot of engineers, and a lot of engineers get frustrated when the artist comes in there, and they're they're fully unprepared. They don't even have their beat ready. They don't have any of their lyrics ready. They're just in there basically wasting time. So you're probably a, like a dream come true when you walk in the studio. Your engineer's probably like, hallelujah, here comes Tay Nix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I try to, like I said, I just try to make everything easier on other people. You know, time is money. And, you know, I'm one of those people. I try to have everything organized in order. I try to knock things out right then and there. You know, that's why I'm more or less like, hey, look, whatever whatever else you need me to do, I'll do it right then and there, get it done. We ain't even got to worry about it. We ain't even got to talk about it. It's, just, it's already said and done. So, you know, I try to be like that uh, with everything that I do, you know. And I think I kind of get that from as well too but yeah i mean i'm a neat freak in general like even <laughs> at my house you know I'm, I'm a neat freak i clean everything all the time sometimes i clean th- stuff more than once so, uh, <laughs> can i hire you I <laughs> <laughs> at least come do the laundry or something come on <laughs> hey i have it done for you <laughs> nah that's really dope so we're definitely about to check out this record it's called showtime uh dilly got it bumping is is the producer on it how did you link with that producer uh you know what's crazy is that so when i first started off and I'm like, okay, so where the hell am I going to get instrumentals from, right? And so um, I was like, you know what? Let me just start on YouTube and kind of just go from there. And I created a own, I created my own playlist of different instrumentals that I like. And I found that one. And I was like, ooh, I like this. Yeah. Let me, let me go ahead and see what I can do with it. So I sat it, it's funny because every time I make a song, I might literally land down in bed in the dark and I'm just listening to it and I'm just coming up with lyrics like that. And kind of, and, and that's, it's crazy because it's like literally before I go to sleep, I'm making a song. And it's, I don't know how that even started, but it kind of just happened. It kind of just went that way. So when I heard that for the first time on YouTube, I was like, oh, yeah, let me go ahead and do something to this. And like I said, I really didn't expect it to blow up the way that it did, but. Kind of just, I kind of just ran with it. That is dope. Well, it came out absolutely amazing. Uh, for anybody that's tuned in, checked in, it is available out there on all the digital platforms. So we always encourage you to go check it out. In fact, um, tonight after I get off air, we have another DJ out of the Carolinas. He goes by the name of DJ T Money. He's going to be playing your record again around the 9.30 hour Eastern Standard Time. Um, so it's going to get played again a little bit later tonight. So you know, I'm glad that awesome. we're, absolutely, I'm glad that we're able to, you know, to showcase it here on the Hype 87.3. Before we get into the record, though, anybody that's tuned in, where can they follow you at on your social media? Uh, Tay Nick, the artist, underscore. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as you type in Tay Nick, it, sh- it should pop right up. I'm not, it looks like I'm on only Tay Nick on IG. So, uh, yeah, it has my uh, black and white picture for you know for a logo or whatever but yeah say nick uh the artist underscore so that's where you can find me at on there same thing with um uh with tiktok as well so 
and uh, Tay Nix on, on Facebook. So if you guys want to follow me on there, that works as well, too. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, anybody you want to shout out to? I know you probably got some people tuned in and listening. Um, anybody you want to show some love to? Yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, Mr. Brad Bridges, uh, Tiffany Hendricks, uh, Lolo Lash, um, Kale, uh, my family, Mom Duke, Miss Birdie, um, my dad, you know, uh, Sharon, you know, everybody, you know, um, I just appreciate everybody, all my supporters. Thank you, Tep, uh, Tempomistic, for this opportunity again. I definitely want to continue to work with you. You are amazing. Uh, you've done such an amazing thing for me, and, and just with giving me this opportunity, I'm very appreciative and grateful. You know, uh, so shout out to you as well, too. Absolutely, most definitely. And you guys, he just landed on This Is 50, so make sure you go check that out. That's a big accolade. Congratulations on that as well. Um, you out here just doing it, man, doing big things. You know, you're here on the Hype Eddie 7.3. If you ever come out here to Atlanta, I would love to have you come through the studio. Absolutely. I'm all for it. I need to go out there. I've never been out there. Um, I actually have relatives out there. <laughs> Uh, actually, one of my relatives, he actually an engineer himself. So, um, shout out to my boy, because of the markets as well too. You know, he's doing his thing with the uh, beats and everything as well too. So, shout out to him. Um, but yes, I would definitely love to do that. I definitely want to continue to work with you and continue to do big things as well too with the music. So I absolutely, it. absolutely. Well, it's definitely to have a pleasure on here tonight. Thank you for joining us right here on the Hype Eighty Seven Point Three. Like I mentioned earlier, DJ T Money will be coming up um, around the nine o'clock hour. Shortly after, he's going to be dropping your record again around 9.30 Eastern time. So if you guys can tune back in and support him and support Tay Nix with the Showtime record. But in the meantime, we're about to go ahead and get into it. Once again, I am your girl, Tampa Mystic, out here in ATL. Go ahead and introduce the record for us. Hey, this is Showtime by yours truly, Tay Nix. I really hope that y'all love it. Let's run it up, baby. Let's go. You're locked in with Atlanta's hottest hip-hop station. The Hype 87.3 Mr. Bridges, appreciate Tiff, gotcha Dylan got it, baby, baby when it goes down Turning off the lights in your phone Are you ready for the show now? Tell me that you love me, put me closer Are you ready for the show now? Show now, show now It's about to go down, go down, go down Yeah, yeah It's going to tomorrow She wanted some entertainment in the lights she started speaking my language she started to get comfy and she slowly laid it down i heard nobody calling it's about to go down baby when it goes down turning off the lights in your phone are you ready for the show now tell me that you love me put me closer for the show now, show now, show now. Yeah. It's-
it's about to go down, go down, go down. Yeah, yeah. Now, Shawnee and Little Kinky from the other side of town. You know I like a good girl. She knows how to wear the crown. She reverses, switch it on me. Kind of freaking when it's down. And then she whispered to me. It's about to go down, baby, when it goes down. Turning up the lights in your phone. Are you ready for the show now? Tell me that you love me, put me closer. Are you ready for the show now? Show now, show now. It's about to go down, go down, go down. Yeah, yeah. Once again, everybody, it is Tay Nix. That is the record called Showtime. Tay Nix, we appreciate you once again for checking in with us tonight right here on the Hype 87.3. Thank you. I appreciate it. You have a good one. Hey, you too. Be blessed. Be safe out there on that road, okay? <laughs> will do. Will do. Thanks again for everything. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Have a good night. You too. All right, you guys. Stay tuned. I be so sick of that contradicting. I be so bold myself, can you come and f me? I feel so ordinary, seven, get one round me. Treat me like all the right, wear me out. Arguments, you air me out. Tripping about your whereabouts. I can't keep no conflict with you, boy, can we just rub it out? I don't want no sadly with you, you know you my plug, and I can't shake this habit, no. Popping up, baby. Every reminiscing. Every on the missing. What is 